0: This is the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. I'm Robert Peterson, the host and creator of the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. Welcome to the podcast that takes a look back at some of Bakersfield's most notorious crimes, events, and characters. Hear that? That is music to the ears of drag racing enthusiasts and fans across the country. And you'll be hearing a lot of that from March 3rd through 6th at Famoso Dragstrips, Good Vibrations Motorsports, March Meet. The March Meet drags are notorious not only in Bakersfield, but around the world. Every year, race fans flock to the Famosa Drag Strip to witness a legacy of racing that dates back 63 years. You'll want to listen to this episode all the way to the end to find out how you can win two one-day passes to this year's March Meet. These passes were generously donated by Famosa Drag Strip. This is the story of Bakersfield's world-famous March Meet. That first race at Famoso Drag Strip, that later morphed into the March Meet, is often referred to as Woodstock of drag racing. The race we now know as Good Vibrations Motorsports March Meet was originally called the U.S fuel, and gas championships when it was first held in 1959. This first race was organized by Smokers Incorporated, a Bakersfield racing club. And the reason they organized this first race was because they were skeptical of the reported times and speeds set by Big Daddy Don Garlitz, an East Coast racer. So they invited Big Daddy to Famosa Drag Strip to prove himself. To understand what the March Meet means to drag racers, fans, and the community of Bakersfield, it's important to know its roots. I talked to Blake Bowser, Famosa Dragstrip's Vice President of Operations, to learn more about the Famosa Dragstrip Strip and March Meet history. Full disclosure, Blake happens to be my cousin.
1: Bakersfield Smokers, um, they were uh, racing in the early 50s in um, Gardner Field and putting on races, I should say, and racing in Gardner Field in Taft, California. And they got the lease on the property out where the currently, track currently is now on Famoso Road in 1954. And then, of course, 59, they put on the first March meet, which put them on the on the on the map.
0: Okay. My understanding of about the March meet is that it began as a grudge match between West coast racers and East coast racers, particularly Don Garlitz. Is that true?
1: Yeah, it was a, uh, a challenge basically put out, uh, you know, at back back in those days, there was no, you know, internet, nothing, cell phones, anything you, you, you read, uh, you know, in drag news, what racers were running across the country. And there was, Supposed ETs being run, elapsed times, ETs being run back on the East Coast uh, by certain racers. And then there was certain ETs being run on the West Coast. And neither neither coast could believe each other. So finally, the smokers just said in 59, said, okay, um, we're going to pay Don Garlitz to come out West and race and find out for sure once and for all what everybody's running. So he towed all the way out. And, uh, they paid him basically appearance money, uh, to come. And, uh, the funny story there is neither side trusted one another. So they, they, they all trusted Ed Iskandarian, um, of Isky cams. They trusted him. He was the go-to guy. So they gave him the money. He held it until garlic showed up and, um, got paid to show. And then went out there and tried to race, uh, unbeknownst to him out West, the racers out here were running, uh, blowers superchargers on their cars and he had never uh seen one of those or so he uh got beat pretty easily out here um but then after that race the first March meeting 59 he went to ernie Hashem's shop which was a local uh a racer here uh in bakersfield and got his first uh blower on the car and then from there he just took off and and started running a lot quicker, a lot faster, and won a whole lot of drag races.
0: The Bakersfield Californian reported in 1959 that race promoters set the attendance at 31,253 fans. That's an incredible turnout, considering the publicity for the event was mostly limited to word of mouth. There were some posters on telephone poles, but there wasn't much more advertising than that. To say event organizers were unprepared for such a turnout would be an understatement. Race organizers were caught off guard by the sheer number of people who showed up. Everything I've read and heard about this 1959 race described it as chaos. There wasn't adequate parking, so spectators coming to the race were parking in neighboring fields. And that didn't convert any farmers in the area to drag racing fans.
1: Yeah. And that whole race was just unexpected as far as the response and the people, you know, the number of racers, the crowd, uh, they didn't have anything prepared for, you know, ticket booths or nothing like that. They were they were literally collecting money and throwing it in truck beds and there was beer cans everywhere and racers were driving through beer cans to get back to the pits or come out and make a run. And, you know, back to Don Garlitz, they were throwing beer cans at him, but he wasn't from California. And-
0: Don Garlitz didn't win that first race. The first champion was Art Chrisman, and he went up against a Bakersfield racer.
1: Uh, Art's time in the in the final was nine point three six seconds, um, and he he had run in the eights before. Um, so you know, just as the day progresses, things kind of just get, get a little slow. So yeah, nine thirty six, one hundred and forty miles an hour is what uh, he ran to win the race there, and he uh, he beat Tony Waters in the final. And Tony's from Bakersfield, by the way. Um, I don't know what Tony ran, but I know he actually got a little loose and the car kind of almost started to spin a little bit, spin out in the final. So it was late, you know, and as it gets late out there uh, that time of year, a little slick out there. So, um, it was, um, that, that's why you see things kind of slow down too, is as the day progresses, um, you know, things sort of get just a little bit tougher to get down. And so, but yeah, that was our first champion and, um. He, uh, boy, he came back and visited the track for a long time after that. And, and I had the pleasure of knowing him and very nice guy. I know Tony as well and uh, got to know them both. Uh, it was pretty neat.
0: So why did the Famosa Drake strip become known
1: as the outlaw track? Nitro, uh, nitromethane, the fuel that the racers used, uh, was banned by our sanctioning body nationwide. Um, but Bakersfield didn't observe the ban they kept letting kept hosting uh, races with nitro cars so that increased their popularity a little bit because people who want to come see nitro cars had to come to bakersfield to see it so uh that that made bakersfield known as a little bit of an outlaw track things have since obviously that there's it's wide open and all that now but for a time there yeah bakersfield was known as the outlaw track because they didn't observe the nitro ban.
0: That first race in 1959 was not only controversial because of the large crowd, there was also a tragic accident that wasn't handled properly by race promoters at the time. Driver James J. Cheatham died in a crash and event officials didn't notify the California Highway Patrol. According to reporting in The Californian, the CHP was aware of the accident but didn't know it resulted in a fatality until the Monday morning after the race. The first the CHP heard about a driver dying at the track was when they were contacted by the Kern County coroner.
1: They kept it kind of quiet. I, you know, and it's funny. I thought there was a, um, something had happened, um, different than that, honestly. Um, but yeah, uh, in, in looking into things here, they took him off the property obviously. And, um, I guess they didn't report the the fatality until the next day. Um, I guess the coroner did that, right? I mean, you, you've looked into it, too. So yeah. um, a little little bit of the Highway Patrol got involved, and um, they, I don't think anything really ever happened of it, but uh, they definitely didn't handle it correctly.
0: And the, the Highway Patrol, they some of the people don't realize is they kind of reg, not regulate it, but they're the, the government agency that looks into all that.
1: Well, because it's automobiles, um, yeah. So if there's an incident that um, you know that level, uh, yes, they they get involved. It's considered a transportation, uh, you know, issue, which obviously involves higher patrol. If anything does happen and the higher patrol comes in, um, you are shut down until the investigation's done.
0: Don Garlitz, Don Prudhomme, Shirley Muldowney, John Force are just a few of the drag racing legends who have competed at the Bakersfield March Meet. The race has also produced some memorable historic moments.
1: And we actually have a local racer, um, James Warren. Uh, sadly, James has passed on, too. Um, but he won three years in a row straight, uh, 75, 76 to 70, 77, sorry, that was pretty cool too. And we also were the first to have an all female top field final, two females in the final in 1982, Shirley Muldowney and Lucille Lee. And actually Lucille Lee won that race. And, um, that was the first time ever that two females had met in top field cars in a final. Lucille
0: Lee was humble and gracious after that March meet victory over Shirley Muldowney in a post race interview. She said quote, "I didn't beat Shirley Muldowney today. My car just ran better than hers. The March meet draws more out of town visitors to our community than any other annual event in Kern County.
1: I honestly think that the March meet is the number one i I, I would argue that that number one." Money generating event. Now, certainly the fair runs longer, brings a, an attendance number is much higher, um, way higher, but it's a local lo- local crowd where, you know, the March meet brings fans from all over the world.
0: Now, listen to this here's a cool app that ran on local radio stations promoting uh 1968 race.
2: And now, ladies and gentlemen, the Smokers return to Bakersfield. As drag racing fans everywhere know, the Bakersfield March Fuel and Gas Championship is the number one dragster bash of the year. Under its original management for 68, the action will be hotter than ever. Over 100 supercharged tire smokers from 30 states will be gunning for some $65,000 in cash awards. Plus a supporting cast of superstocks, stocks, funny cars, and competition machines unequaled in the sport. Virtually all the famous names will be making their annual pilgrimage to Bakersfield, the birthplace of championship fuel dragster racing. Over ten million dollars worth of exotic two hundred thirty mile per hour machinery will guarantee an exciting, action-packed weekend. Admission prices you can afford. Be in Bakersfield at the Pomosa Drag Strip.
0: If you've never experienced a March meet, this is what Blake says you can expect.
1: Uh, it is sensory overload. Yeah. In every way. Um, it, it, you can smell it, you can see it, you can feel it. Um, when you, when the nitro cars run, which you can walk right out in the pits and stand virtually next to them and feel the concussion that the engines uh, produce, you know, you can smell the nitromethane. Um, yeah, it's, uh, bring sunscreen, uh, bring something to cover up with a little bit for some shade. Hopefully we have, uh, Plenty of sunshine. That's the plan, right? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, come prepared for a full day. Um, you know, it's going to take a lot to cover the whole place. It's big. We're a hundred acres, and we've got uh, grandstands that run the whole quarter mile. Um, we've got a swap meet that's the end of the quarter mile in the pit area. We've got a vendor row that runs just about a quarter mile. On uh, actually, it faces each other, so it's double a double row. The pits are wide open. Every ticket uh, gets you in. All that got a car show. Uh, guys will bring their street rods out there and park right there in the in the grove area, which is right behind the grandstands, the tree-covered area and trees. That's our car show. So it takes it takes a full day to cover everything and um, come prepared to hang out and um, protect yourself from the sun and drink water and yes, yeah, bring airplugs. plugs.
0: Blake also addressed what this year's race is going to be like in the age of COVID.
1: No, we are um, no limitations. Um, we are considered uh, by the state of California with the COVID policy. We are considered a mega event um, if you have uh, more than ten thousand fans a day. Now we won't achieve that on Thursday or Friday. We might hit that on Saturday. Um, it is hard to tell. Uh, last year's event we were we were limited to one third um, capacity for spectators. So it's hard to tell if we're going to hit that number or not on Saturday. There is just some guidelines by the state of California. They recommend that your uh, patrons have a a, um, a vaccine or a negative test, not required. Uh, they recommend that the facility has masks available, not required, just recommended. So basically we have no restrictions this year. Um, you know, we were closed there for a while last year. We pulled off March meet 20 and then COVID hit literally the day after. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, March meet 21, we had to postpone until May so this year this year no limitations and uh, we hope to be again the uh one of the best generating uh, events in in the county. And most of it's outside. 100% outside. Yeah. yeah we have no other than going in the bathrooms. You're yeah. going you're going indoors, so. Yeah.
0: A lot has changed throughout the 63 years of the March Meet's existence. It still draws big crowds, but event organizers are prepared. Unlike 1959, there's ample parking and bathroom facilities, and plenty of food and drink to purchase. Like Blake said, prepare for the day. Be- bring plenty of sunscreen and don't forget the earplugs because it is loud. I mean, like really loud. Resources used to research this story, the Bakersfield Californian. We did it for the love.com, 50 Years of Fuel Dragsters at the March Meet by Stephen Justice. And Blake Bowser, Famoso strips. Vice President of Operations. Now, here's the fun part. Thanks to the folks at Famoso Dragstrip, one lucky notorious Bakersfield listener will win two one day passes to the 2022 Good Vibrations Motorsports March Meet. You have to answer the March Meet trivia question correctly. If you answer that question correctly, you will be entered into a drawing. Here's how you enter. In the show notes, click on the link to the March Meet Contest. Answer the trivia question correctly. Fill out the rest of the form with your contact information. Entry deadline is noon, Sunday, February 27th, 2022. If the person whose name is drawn doesn't respond to me by 1 p.m. the following day, Monday, February 28th, I'll draw another name. And then we'll do that until somebody finally responds. But I think somebody will respond. I'll also post a link to the contest on the Notorious Bakersfield Facebook page and Twitter account. Now here's the rules. One entry per person must be 18 years of age to enter. By entering this contest, you consent to your name being announced on Notorious Bakersfield social media posts and a future Notorious Bakersfield episode. Winner is prohibited from reselling passes. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Notorious Bakersfield podcast. I hope you have a great week. I'll be back next week, next Tuesday, with another Notorious Bakersfield story.